0: Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for checking out the Top Docs radio show. This week was another in our series with Medical Association of Georgia, and we featured Dr. Bill Craver. He is the dean and chief academic officer of the osteopathic medical program At the Georgia campus of the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine located in Suwanee, Georgia, Dr. Craver stopped by to share some information about the Georgia campus for the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, which opened here in 2005, graduating 135 doctors of osteopathic medicine each year now. Dr. Craver shared some great information about what the clinical and academic philosophy of osteopathic medicine is, and I was impressed to learn just how competitive it is for folks trying to gain access to the program with over 5,000 applicants for those 135 seats. With its holistic approach to the patient's state of health, as well as a great emphasis on preventive measures and wellness, it's clear that osteopathic medicine is a great choice for someone who's contemplating a career path as a physician. So stick around as Dr. Bill Craver introduces you to the Georgia campus of the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and just what it means to be a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Check it out. Good afternoon, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Top Docs radio show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. Pleased to have the folks from Medical Association of Georgia with us in the studio as we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. And we'll be talking with Dr. Bill Craver. He is the Dean and Chief Academic Officer of the Osteopathic Medical Program at the Georgia campus of Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. So thanks for taking some time, Dr. Craver.
1: Thank you. Pleasure. Glad to be here.
0: So, for folks who aren't familiar with osteopathic medicine, talk a little bit about that, and then we can talk about how the the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine came to be here in the Atlanta area.
1: Sure. Osteopathic medicine is a specialty of medicine fully licensed to practice all the aspects, uh, surgery to internal medicine, to all the specialties that has been around since the uh, late 1800s. <clears throat> to understand a little bit about what it is, I need to go back and do a little bit of talk of the history. About that time, the late 1800s, there was an aware, a lack of awareness of medicine in general, bacteria. We did not have antibiotics, et cetera. And a physician of the time period name of Andrew Taylor still step, sat back and said, well, what, why do some folks with, say, pneumonia or infection get better and some folks don't? With the time and a lot thought, it was there's innate properties of the human body that help, and that can help with uh, health and, and getting stronger and better. And at that time, with lack of knowledge of really white blood cells, red cells, how we fight infection, he said, well, we do know that circulation is involved. We know there are particles in there. We know that general activity and wellness make a difference. So it was, what can we do to maximize those functions? So whether it be as simplistically with a pneumonia that you need to deep breathe, cough, you need to get the the bad mucus out of there, things as that, it was a a system of thought that said with medicine, as we know at the time period, let's add this understanding and the other important part of it is he and I'll paraphrase cuz I never say it exactly <laughs> correct he said the art of medicine is finding health anybody can find disease so putting those principles together came this school of thought osteopathic medicine so we embrace the wellness we embrace the need for structure and function is intimately related to health yet we also Study and no disease, and as myself, for example, as a surgeon, certainly embrace modern technologies of medicine, but keeping these same tenets that have been around since the late eighteen hundreds.
0: They were well ahead of their time because now here we are, focusing on preventive health and and wellness as a as a focus as opposed to trying to focus more exclusively on diagnosis and treatment?
1: Well, we certainly believe, and I I do like to tell folks, that I think the reason that there's been a very large growth in osteopathic medicine and and our schools in general is because the populace now is embracing tenets that we have had since the origin of our profession and saying, I want it to be more about wellness. I want a physician who thinks in that manner. And, And so we are being discovered... A hundred years later for what we've always done, yes. And so you, we
0: were talking a little bit before we went on the air today about the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in particular. And how do they end up here in the Atlanta area? It's a fun story.
1: Uh, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, which was established in 1899 in Philadelphia, has always been recognized as a leader in primary care and particularly in family medicine, acknowledged formally by the state of Pennsylvania and and over 10,000 graduates, uh, a greater majority doing primary care. With the call for an increased uh, need for a physician workforce, as we all live longer, we have uh, more populace, baby boomers are, 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 are needing more health care, there was a general call to increase medicine. So Philadelphia uh, College Hospital of Medicine said, if we're going to make a difference, where else can we help make a difference in primary care? And as the needs analysis and observations were uh, undertaken, the Southeast, many areas of the Southeast, are underserved. We have many counties in our state that unfortunately do lack physician yeah. care and particularly primary care. And so the, the thought was, if we're going to make a difference, let's make a difference and, and, and be of value. Georgia came onto the radar. And then there is an awareness, or there was at that time in 2005 when we first started here in Georgia, of osteopathic medicine. There were individuals who were going uh, to other schools out of state and then coming back. And so there was some clinical opportunity for training and an association with that with an institute at that time called the Osteopathic Institute of the South. Those those opportunities and growth uh, uh, flowered into the development of the whole school for which now uh, our focus is, uh, as it's stated, to recruit, train, and uh, retain physicians for Georgia and the Southeast.
0: So, with the the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine here in our area, how many seats are typically available on a on a yearly basis? Sure.
1: We matriculate 135 students in each year of the osteopathic program. Uh, The program is four years long, very similar to uh, my MD or allopathic brethren schools. The uh, training is very similar in that manner. It's the medicine plus all the tenets of the osteopathic principles and physical structure and function.
0: And so for those 135 seats, how many people are usually vying for those? I would imagine the demand is probably pretty high.
1: It is quite competitive. This year, we had over 5,000 applicants for those wow. 135 seats. Yeah. So we, we, we're very <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it, it certainly uh, shows the, uh, the rigors of being one of those uh, 135 ones who are offered the opportunity to participate in our school. So what's the campus like? We are in the city of Suwannee. It's a 150,000 square foot uh, open Area. It was actually at one time a um, distributing warehouse. Believe it or not, it looks beautiful. You would never think that from the look of it. But what was exciting, it was a complete complete open floor plan. So everything was a built in. So the architects had the luxury of saying here's the space what do we do so and it's large enough that it's very open it almost we debated whether to make it two stories or single but it has a very much open air but the colors the focus it it it's an inviting environment and many people that come and say hey, you know you just like being here it's it's it, it it draws you in fact many of our students they just they they love to study there they don't even go home in the evenings because it's a, <laughs> it's a happy place i think
0: We've been talking with Dr. Bill Craver of the Georgia campus for the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Are there other programs available in addition to the osteopathic medicine program there at the college?
1: At our campus, we have the Doctorate of Osteopathic Medicine. We have a uh, Doctorate of Pharmacy We have a master's degree in biomedical sciences, and there are different focuses within that, such as forensics and organizational development and leadership. And this year, we will be matriculating our first class in physician assistant program.
0: Okay. Now, when I'm done with my basic medical training at the osteopathic school, now, I guess... I would assume, based on what little I know about the residencies in, in terms of who can participate, I would assume that the residency, if I want to be an ER physician or I want to be a surgeon, then I'm just going to go fly for residencies where they may be, whether they're here in the state or elsewhere, but it it's not necessarily specific to folks who come out of the osteopathic school. There's not necessarily a a residency that's focused for the the
1: DO graduate, right? There actually at this time are two uh, tracks for residency uh, accredited under the American Osteopathic Association. All the specialties of medicine and surgery have residencies. There is also the ACGME track commonly thought of associated with our allopathic brethren. Osteopathic graduates uh, participate and, and compete, if you will, to get those spots in both programs. Now, in the state of Georgia, we have helped establish uh, with several institutions primary care residencies that are accredited by the uh, American Osteopathic Association, and some also are duly accredited by the ACGME at the same time. And so they'll have uh, graduates that have a DO degree or an M degree as they further their training. Your example, emergency medicine.
0: I got you. Now, so do you fall under the same, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with exactly the rule that determines the number of residencies available. We talked about the, in the past when we were looking at foreign-born graduates, for example, and how that's a big limiting factor in terms of how we can get physicians trained and meet some of the needs that you're talking about, how there's many counties around the state of Georgia. Are you limited by whatever, I can't remember, I think it's a federal rule of some kind. that Balanced budget. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> that, that limits that. Is that restricting here too?
1: We are not providers strictly as the campus alone as a, a residency program here in Georgia, though such programs do exist in our Philadelphia campus. But as far as assisting the growth of residencies, there is a limit that. Currently established residencies, they they are limited by what's called a cap, which says after several years that they can't take more residents and get some of the money to the sport that comes through CMS, Medicare, if you will, that helps with paying for uh, residency training. However, there is an opportunity to start new programs in hospitals that prior to this have not trained residencies, and there are many in this state that are taking advantage of that opportunity. It was actually wonderfully supported by our governor and. Um, and through the legislature to supply, if you will, seed money to help uh, these programs get up and started, because it takes a lot of commitment. You have to have your faculty, your programs, everything in place first before you can even accept your first residence. And you have to go through uh, accreditation by either ACGME or AOA, and also, of course, uh, be approved by CMS to do it. So with all that there, but this Georgia has become a actually talked about nationally in many organizations of how this effort to say, what can we do to grow residency seat opportunities so our graduates from any of our schools that are here can have an opportunity to stay in state? And there's a lot of literature that supports if an individual goes to school, does their clinical training years in school called clerkships, and then also does a residency in state that uh, they will stay and practice in the area. So this homegrown effect yeah. is, is we're all hoping will make a large difference for the needs of this state.
0: So do you see the college adding other types of health science programs in addition to the physician assistant and the osteopathic medicine that you're offering currently?
1: I do. Uh, under the direction of our president, uh, I, he is committed to growth and, and, and uh, supplying healthcare in and, and, and many avenues. So we are always uh, exploring feasibilities and how we can make a positive impact to the state. Uh, So uh, up in Philadelphia, for example, there are many other programs, for example, several in in the uh, psychology department and graduate degrees in that manner, and and, uh, the options, though, to reasonably and responsibly develop these programs so that we're not competing or overfilling a market, but identifying needs and how can we help? The same thing as came from the family medicine, the primary care that started us back in 2005.
0: Now, with the osteopathic medicine mentioned, uh, there's a manipulative component to that. Talk a little bit about that. What does, what does that mean that, that, that you're able to do as a provider that maybe the allopathic physician may not be able to? Sure
1: we know that natural or function or fullness of function that we were all born with has affects as much as if you will uh, good circulation good respiration good activity so when this structure changes this structure can affect function if we can help maximize that along with the general health issues we feel that we are doing a more complete wellness wholeness, if you will. And I that term holistic medicine is around, but I like to tell my students use it with the W wholeness of, of uh, uh, helping your patient. The manipulation can be as much as if you have tennis elbow and how can you help move the, the uh, manipulate, move the, the, the muscles, the tendons, the structures, the bones associated with that disease process. Beyond what what's commonly thought about, which is spinal manipulation, which we do do too. So whether it's low back pain, acute or chronic, and, and there's a lot of support and, and literature that says that we can make an impact there with not just necessarily having to be completely... You know, laying at home and not being able to be fully active. The other side of it, and, and some folks, it's, it's the principle of what we do. It's a, an education that we, we show the students and our physicians is looking for these other cues. A simplistic example in a, in a trauma situation, if a spleen is ruptured, often the patient will have discomfort in their left shoulder. Now that's a very simple example of a very dramatic situation, but it's the body does a lot of these things. So part of our education is being attuned to some of these other or added complaints that the patient might have that help us in our diagnosis and, and our management. This whole tenant of listening to both the patient and what the patient's body is telling us is where the manipulation comes in. Now, if it's a structure that we can make a difference in a classic example that I like to tell folks who are not familiar with osteopathic medicine is you may have had a family member or loved one who's been in the hospital with pneumonia and you go to visit and here they have this funny looking machine that they have to breathe deeply with and it has a little ball that goes up in the air mm-hmm. to say. and somebody else may come in and have them do coughing exercises. These are all tenets of of the motion and function that we talk about. So we talk and teach the students are you evaluating is are is there full movement of the ribs are is and if not we have manipulative techniques that will help, whether it be relieve the spasm or, the, or the, the structural limitation to maximize this function. So here's a common thing that we all see in hospitals that doesn't have an osteopathic name on it, yet is a great example of how we in medicine embrace the need for maximizing function and the structure t- to help with disease.
0: As I was getting to know the folks over at Life University, for example, learning a little bit more about the chiropractic side of things, and I was curious about why manipulate, and it was the focus, the piece that I'm driving at is that the, the it was about not so much pain caused by misalignment, but it was about how it inf- interrupts the neural channels, whether you talked about your elbow, for example, or other parts of your body, not just your back. Is that what we're talking about here is that we're allowing the body to function in the way that it really is designed to as much as anything through a manipulation with something is not in alignment with where it should be, that we're allowing it to either perform as it should or maybe heal itself where it wouldn't be able to if it was inhibited in that way mechanically
1: you've said that wonderfully i don't have to add too much (laughs) to that but thank you 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 know we want to come to school
0: (laughs) i thought about it for a long time Um, (laughs) if i am a student and i'm graduating i'm I'm having an interest in health sciences i'm thinking about medicine as a career path uh, and i'm trying to decide where to make application what should i think about between an osteopathic medicine school like the philadelphia (laughs) college or or you know a, a
1: traditional, if you will, mm-hmm. medical doctor sure. program. We attract individuals who seem to come to us interested in this, this wellness holistic approach, if you will. Uh the, the fact that society has, and we're generalizing, of course, recognize the wellness, and it's not just about cure my disease, and recognize that maybe it isn't just about taking a medicine, but what else do we need to do? The, these are the individuals, these are the 5,000 applicants that we had that are very interested in this course of medicine and how we move further. So, How does that that individual, we're we're quite lucky to have that, but I think uh, since Georgia campus has been established, there are also osteopathic schools that have been established in our sister states, Alabama, North and South Carolina, Tennessee, just to take take our catchment area. And I think this speaks to why would a person choose our career? So they they sit back and they say, I've always wanted to be a physician. I, I have this desire to make a difference in society to help people, individuals, but I also see what it is that osteopathic medicine is doing, how their approach, because, and this is not to take away from my brethren who are in the MD schools, Uh, they do a wonderful job too. We don't have the market on this alone, but it's a tenant. It's at our core of how we educate. And so, I think we therefore attract uh, the uh, young individuals nowadays looking for medicine to say, I, know, I understand it is more than just, can I diagnose the disease? So that's why our profession seems to be growing so fast at the current time.
0: For you, what do you think are the greatest challenges in this arena, educating people in you know, in medicine or in the health sciences arena? You're talking about 5,000 students applying for 135 spots. I was curious what the trend lines are. Um, healthcare has changed a lot in the last few years. It's been a long time since I was working in a hospital um, a number of years back. and And I was kind of curious from the educational side of things, are you seeing more or fewer students applying? It sounds like it's still going strong.
1: It is. And that's not just in osteopathic medicine, but in medicine in general. Uh, despite all that you hear, it's a very rewarding career. And so students are still quite motivated to, to get involved. Now, uh, uh, I can say that with the increased number of osteopathic schools nationally and in our area alone and our campus, we have seen increase in the applicants yearly since we've been established. I think that's a recognition.
0: Yeah, it, it it surprises me actually. I mean, from my personal perspective, I I can see why someone might possibly hesitate just because I I was with a physician practice for a number of years before being here more full time, and and it it's challenging in different ways as regulations and laws have changed. It's there's other things to think about. Do we get some of those types of facets of the practice as we're going through training nowadays? Because, I mean, compliance and regulations and rules and laws, I mean, are we starting to talk a little bit more about that in addition to the wellness side of things or the diagnostic side of things?
1: Absolutely. Um, Our students still come with a desire to make a difference and to help their fellow man, if you will, but they are also and are well-informed and everything's on the web, so to speak, well-informed about all the growth and regulations and all the requirements and the added data banks you have to participate in and, yeah. and pay for performance sort of things or or quality performance, I should better say, et cetera. So we do enlighten them to that. Certainly at first, you've got to learn your cardiology before you understand the billing side of it. But it's not, uh, we, we don't approach it from a, how are you going to make a great living? Because this profession has, has been and will remain uh, great in, in that manner, but it's more awareness of what you need to do to meet the criteria. And it, it's evidence-based medicine. So we bring evidence-based medicine and we say in order to be doing the best practice, to be the best cardiologist, as that example, you need to know these facets. You need to be aware of this. You will need to supply these data. You need to uh, participate in these uh, hospital uh, review boards and such in that manner. And if you do so, it's a great profession.
0: I've been talking with Dr. Bill Craver. He's the Dean and Chief Academic Officer at the Osteopathic Medical Program, Georgia campus of Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And from what I understand, you started out as a physical therapist in your early days of your career, and then you decided you wanted to get into um, medicine and went on to become a surgeon. Talk about your own story. How did that happen for you? What, what made you want to go down that road?
1: Sure. I actually uh, started as both a certified athletic trainer and physical therapist always had an interest in 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 health and wellness. And uh, because of coming from a sports background and a family, my father was a uh, college football coach, a sport that avenue kind of uh, is how that interest came. And it was very rewarding. And still, uh, many times I think back of uh, individuals I had the honor to help in physical therapy and helping an individual to walk again after a stroke was extremely rewarding. But as I did that for a while, I realized that I could help in a greater way, in a more diverse way, if I became a physician and therefore um, in looking into medicine and, and, and myself not all being aware of osteopathic medicine in my growing up days, uh, investigating that and becoming aware of it said, well, this is a natural progression because as a physical therapist, right. it's about the activity, it's that and the wellness. And so the, that was a natural melt to go to osteopathic medicine. Uh, then when I was at uh, PCM Philadelphia found out that uh, you ask about the surgery part of it is uh, really excited me. Intensive care medicine, trauma, et cetera. And so then the next step was, well, how can I make a, the biggest impact with the skills that I've been blessed with and such? And so that naturally took me down to the surgery side of it. Now, the next question you're going to ask me is, how did I get into the academics at peace I was curious, yeah. <laughs> and... Education has always excited me. Everybody in my family, I grew up around it. Parents, teachers, professors, etc. And there, there's that that aha moment that a student has when you see that they got it. And there are excitement and you get excitement from that. So when uh, I had participated as professor of surgery up in Philadelphia, PCUM and help with the residency program there. And, but then when uh, the campus opened down here, I just said, you know, I really miss it. I want to get back in. And so that's what got me here. And how long have you been
0: in the educational side?
1: Down here at this campus, uh, I've been here almost from the start. I didn't help build the building, but came right. shortly after that. <laughs> and I've been the dean since 2010.
0: Sounds like it's been quite rewarding.
1: Very much so. Very that that I, I have the, again, distinct pleasure and honor of doing the hooding at the graduation. And, you know, to see the excitement of the student when they walk across and now it's Dr. So-and-so and you put that hood on. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that.
0: Well, I know you've got a busy schedule. Any final thoughts before I let you get back to the office?
1: No, I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: If you want more information about the college, you can go to pcom.edu slash campuses slash Georgia dash campus. There'll be a link to that on the show page. It's a a long link, so uh, you'll be able to just uh, click right to it from the show page when we get the podcast up here in a few days. And... Make sure if you are checking us out on the podcast, if you've not done so already, you'll see the Apple logo in the upper left-hand corner of the show page. Make sure you subscribe to us so that you can stay up on all these cool guests that we're introducing you to. And we hope you turn around and share the link with your social media network because you might just put some information in your hands uh, of somebody that you care about that makes a big difference for them and their life. So we'll say thank you in advance for that. And uh, Dr. Craver, thanks for taking some time to come into the studio and tell us a little bit more about the college of osteopathic medicine here
1: thanks so much it's been great
0: and for all the folks who made us a part of your day today we want to say thank you very much your time is important we look forward to catching up with you all same time same place next week we'll see you then